Welcome to episode number four of the Truth Is Allowed podcast. Today's guest is Gabriel Escalona, or as his friends call him, including myself, Gabo. Gabo is a great friend. He's a general surgeon, entrepreneur, and innovator currently working and living in Chile. In this episode, we discussed Gabo's life-changing business innovation, medicine innovations as well. One of them, a platform that allows practitioners to improve their results massively when doing surgery, and how he's aiming with this project to provide better results to over 400,000 patients all over the world. We also talked about the unspoken and sad truth behind the medicine world, how the rate of suicides in medicine practitioners is double than the regular population. Gabo himself lost a friend and a colleague due to suicide. And he tells us the story of how he decided to dive into comedy through social media, hoping to support thousands of practitioners and doctors as well, who also suffer from an increasingly stressful and demanding environment, which is the medicine world. Gabo is certainly changing the medicine world through his business endeavors and the technology that he's creating, and he's even saving lives by making people smile. This episode, guys, was beautiful. It was truthful and very fun. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Welcome to the Truth Is Allowed podcast, the show where great leaders from all sectors share with us the truth about their happiness and success. Here, you will learn how to shape your mindset and perspective to win in business, relationships, and life. Get ready to hear what you need to hear, because the Truth Is Allowed podcast is about to begin. Gabo Escalona, my friend, we're switching to English now. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Fine, fine, Wizzy. This is very weird to hear you in English. Uh, I'm going to do my best. And in the words of Celia Cruz, my English is not very good looking, but we're going to do it this. A hundred percent. I love it. I love it. I love the fact that you didn't even hesitate about doing the podcast in English. You said, you know what, let's just do this. Soccer mentality, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Move, move fast and break things. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Gabo, I'm very excited about this episode because I've known you for many, many years. You're one of the, my brother's best friends and to be honest, one of my best friends as well. And you are the particular character of people that I really, really love because it's almost impossible to define you. It's, I think it's actually impossible unless we write a 200 word paragraph with things that you do. So that's why I wanted to have you in the show. And I want to start off by asking you, how was your upbringing in Venezuela? And how did you find your passion around medicine? Well, um, I'm very glad that you, you said that. Um, growing up in Venezuela, I, I think that I was very lucky. I have everything, the basic and more from basic. We, we were in, in a good school with your brother. We have good families. We have a lot of friends, we have everything that we need, a school that gives you sports and languages, everything. So I, I have had a very good um, childhood and this is very important when you look for inspiration. So uh, we have a, a very good um, parents and parents of her friends um, to see how you can be successful, not only in the work, not only with 
sometimes we're thinking about money, but thinking about family. So mm -hmm. we have a good example about that. And um, growing up, we, we have a very good group of friends that love, mm -hmm. I, I don't know, we're going to say soccer or football. You tell me. I, I prefer football. But I prefer football too. So <laughs> we love football and, and we grew up around the football. Mm -hmm. um, here in, in, there in Venezuela, the, the, the baseball in that time was, the, the, the people play a lot more in baseball, but I don't know why we, we, we start to, to love uh, football and we grew up like a team. Mm -hmm. And what, we learned that everything you have to do, you have to do it like a team because we were obsessed with winning and that was in the in the beginning was good but after you see that that mm -hmm. could be bad in sometimes mm -hmm. so we started thinking uh, and we realized that we if we do something everything in team we, we can win every time and that's why we start to win in, in the sport and after that we saw what that we can use that to win in life so it, it was a very good childhood in our school mm -hmm. is one of the top schools on the on on the on our country, mm -hmm. and we're we're not the part of the the vast major majority of our team, our country that is in, in poverty. So yeah, we we're very sure. lucky. For sure, Gao. When you mentioned this winning mentality, definitely I agree that part of it comes from soccer, 100%. And I think we saw and we see that in your academic and business life as well. You've always been known to be in the top of any academic group that you might be in. in high school university i believe you were ranked number one in the exam for the ucb which was or which is the most prominent university in venezuela in medicine which is one of the most competitive as well areas of study and in previous conversations we've had you told me that it was never because you were just smarter than anybody else but it was because you were used to putting in the work and studying more and putting in the hours and, and pretty much doing the work. So how, how did you build that mindset to win in academics and in business as well? Yeah, I have a, um, my parents, both of them, they are in the scientific. My mother is an engineer, my daughter is a doctor. Mm -hmm. And they know that um, they are in sports too. Mm -hmm. my, my mother was in ballet and mm -hmm. she, she, she was in athletics too. Mm -hmm. And my father was in, in martial arts. So mm -hmm. they teach me that if you want to do something, you have to work for it. It's not, yeah. it's not natural talent. And okay. We see like Messi or maybe Cristiano Ronaldo and we see they have talent. But I think that there's only 10% of talent and 90% the mindset to if you want to do something. So that, that was the beginning of do it. Yeah. I never have been in exam without studying. Never. Mm -hmm. And maybe... And I think that not right now, but in, in the 90s, maybe uh, it was very nice to go to an exam and I didn't study. I'm 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 going against everything. I'm against a system. I mm -hmm. never do that. So for me, for me, everything is to be prepared. Everything is to be training. And that's from soccer and from football, too. You have to be training. If you don't train in this in, in the week, you can play in 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 the weekend. And if you don't train and you don't, if you don't play with regularity, you're never going to win. So training is, is like this secret that is not a secret. Training mm -hmm. and if you see that, that the group have a number of training, eight hours, you have to do 10 hours or you have to do 12 mm -hmm. hours. And everything is consequence of that. Everything is consequence from hard work. And um, mm -hmm. being intelligent and being smart is, is just another thing. It's, it's not... It's not 
to be in the best grades and all that is, is mm -hmm. this is this is other thing. You have to train and be the best training, and mm -hmm. you're gonna you're gonna get your your goals. Of course, and to put some context into this, I'm a fierce believer that nowadays, if you wanna go far in life in whatever aspect, you don't require to go to university, but in the medicine world, you do require to go to the, to through university and through every step because you're literally dealing with people's lives, right? So in that case, studying your ass off is incredibly, incredibly justified. And I've heard from different athletes that uh, they might not enjoy the process of working hard, of running the laps. Both of us as soccer players, we never enjoyed the physical training. I never did. I enjoyed the time, the 90 minutes I was on the field, right? So for those people that are out there a little bit confused in terms of the idea that they must like their passion or everything around their passion, okay? What would you say to them when sometimes in that path through their passion, they do have certain obstacles and they say, I don't like this, however, it's still my passion, how can I deal with it? Yeah, so we, we have to deal with the reality, with real life. Um, we have to sometimes get out of the, of the good speeches and all the good stories that we see in the movies. And I'm going to take a, a few words uh, from Marcelo Bielsa. And he said, if you want to be successful, you have to know that the sometimes or the majority of the time you're gonna, you will not be happy. And successful and happy are different things. And you need to know what you, you, you want to know. If, if you want to be successful doing this, you have to know the process. And if the process doesn't make you happy, you have to know what you want to do. I, I want to, through this process, I'm going to be unhappy like the mass, most of the time. And after that, I'm going to be happy in the 90 minutes but because you said that you weren't happy in the, in, in the training. But when you go to the training, when you say hi to your, 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 your partners, when you um, make these games that we do in the training, after the training, you're you are being happy. That's being successful too. So you have to, the, the people need to know that it's not like the movies. Everything is work. And, and you have to love, try to love the, the work. I mean, this is like relationships. Some of the times you know a person and you don't love them in the, in the first time. You learn to love them. So you, you have to learn to love the process. And after you love the process, you will know if you are in the, in the, in the right path. Because the, yeah, in, in, in the most of the time, it's not the, the final that you want to get. It's the process that you, you, you are doing that makes you successful. So that, that is like yeah. life for me. It's the, it's, there's a huge misconception for, and I had that misconception not too long ago, which is, yeah, you gotta hate what you do for 10 years until you make it and then all of a sudden you're free, you meditate 20 hours a day, you're wealthy, you're vegan. It doesn't work that way. And no. now that you mentioned the movies, I've noticed that a lot of what we learn unconsciously and even sometimes consciously comes from what we see either on social media or the movies, all right? Our parents teach us certain things, our friends teach us certain things, the institutions that we go to teach us certain things and I think the gaps of knowledge are filled by the entertainment industry, which is very, very misleading, I would say. Hey, this is just a quick interruption to remind you to give your review of the show on whatever platform you're using, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other. Your feedback is also super important to me. 
So feel free to send me a direct message through Instagram at my account, Wisisuki, or the podcast account, Allowed Truth. Now, continue enjoying the episode. I want to ask you, how many people usually apply for this medicine exam at the UCB? How many make it there? I think that there, there start like um, only like 60% finish the, all, the, all, the, um, all the med school. Mm-hmm. I don't have the, the numbers right now, but in mm-hmm. our time, if one like um, 100 graduates and mm-hmm. 800 that goes in, into the first year. Into the and, first year. But these have a lot of problems because when you are 17, it's very unfair to, th- to someone or to life Mm-hmm. to ask you if you want to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. Be 17 or 18 and decide to be a doctor is not a good time. You mm-hmm. need to know a lot, a lot of things. And mm-hmm. in, in that age, you think that your goal is to be a doctor. And mm-hmm. to be a doctor is not a goal. It's a tool. It's a path. It's a process. Mm-hmm. And you realize that in, in the last year of medicine or maybe in the last year of residence that mm-hmm. are three more years. So. This is very hard, and that's why a lot of people can go out to the to the out of of the career, out of med school. Okay, because they they don't take the time necessary to discover themselves pretty much and learn what they really want to do. Yeah, so everyone wants to be a doctor because other people will say, "Oh, you are a doctor, very good," but you don't know mm-hmm. all that be a doctor have to be. So. You, of course. you have to help people, you have to sacrifice for that, and you have to mm-hmm. study every day, and you, ha- you, you need to, to be hurt to know mm-hmm. the feeling of being hurt because you're going to uh, be with hurt and people. So, of course. And this, this, this is very hard to understand, and in, when you have 17 or 18 years, it's very, very unfair you to decide to be a doctor. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I had a conversation a couple of years ago with uh, Jujo and uh, by the way Jujo will be a guest hopefully soon in the podcast he's nowadays the founder and CEO of the first billion dollar company in Mexico and I had a conversation with him two years ago the, the again asking the wrong questions because I was asking him what does it take what should I do to get there how can you resume it to three steps and he literally said we see take the next five to ten years to know yourself and I was so disappointed. I was like, really? Is that what you're telling me? How are you going to tell me that? Tell me the secret. <laughs> and nowadays, I think this podcast is a representation of that process in which I'm still getting to know myself. And it's what you're describing. That a lot of people skip that step. And then once they go through the wrong path, they hit themselves against the wall. I want to ask you about other passions of yours. So we know soccer is a passion. We know medicine is a passion. But also, I believe entrepreneurship and innovation is one of your passions. You've had, you've had countless of projects, ideas, and, and, and startups that have made a huge impact. I want to talk about those chronologically. So you finished med school in Venezuela. You started applying it. All right. When did you thought about your first endeavor, about your first project in, in medicine and technology and what was it yeah after after I graduated from med school and after I made the surgery residence and mm-hmm. became a, a surgeon 
I realized that the, the goal is not to be a surgeon or a doctor. Mm -hmm. I, I realized that I, I want to do something else. Mm -hmm. I thought that the make up these big uh, surgeries, uh, like a Whipple surgery, like mm -hmm. a laparoscopic surgery, like a gastric bypass going to be my goal in life. And after I learned to do that, I saw that it was, it was a process like everything else. Mm -hmm. So I, I started to, to thinking, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to do the same the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I, I started to look to my passion, what I like it. I like a lot of PlayStation, I like it, but I like to help a lot of people. I like computers. So I started my first, um, uh, my first company, that mm -hmm. the name was Ziplic. Mm -hmm. And Ziplic was this um, path to get a lot of data for researchers. So you can get data to make these um, uh, big projects in Latin America. Mm -hmm. And for that, I, we, make a big, we make a big, big platform that you need. You have uh, video consoles, you have uh, mm -hmm. doctor's agenda, you have to, mm -hmm. You have a lot of things to make these protocols, just like Google Sheets and, uh, mm -hmm. and, and Google Documents. And we started doing that and we started to gather a lot of data. So mm -hmm. in a couple of years, we, we won a, a contest in Paris of innovation. Mm -hmm. But uh, all the regulations and the data privacy regulations got mm -hmm. us and, and take us apart and say, okay, you're going too fast. We don't have um, rules for that. So you, you have to find another path okay in 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 the same in, in the same years i'm um, started doing a nanotechnology project from cancer so okay. we take nanoparticles and these nanoparticles we put them a dye in uh, inside them um, mm -hmm. with an um, antibody that is okay. like protein okay. um, the protein goes to the cancer and this uh, illuminates the tumor and so that we can see illuminating the tumor and take out all the tumors. So we, we, we were on that, we did it in Venezuela, but after we have um, a good results, but mm -hmm. after the crisis on in the crisis, the mm -hmm. cells uh, start to dying because you have to, uh, you need to have that in, in a big refrigerators and with the electric power and so the Venezuelan problems crisis. and all that, that yeah. will crash away. So we, we find, we're trying to find these grants from investigation, mm -hmm. but because Venezuela was a crisis uh, country, any mm -hmm. any country will give you a grant for that. Mm -hmm. So that's why one of the projects. After that, we uh, we passed to three uh, D models, and that mm -hmm. was from the crisis. The laparoscopic surgery equipments haven't mm -hmm. uh, this support in the country. So we take the camera from the smartphone and we okay. made adapter from a large um, scope that mm -hmm. go inside the abdomen. And okay. we uh, use that image to, uh, with an Apple TV uh, screen, this chair okay. in, a, in a big TV. So we make a laparoscopic instrument from a smartphone. So that was like a And you created this out of scratch. What? And you created this from scratch. Yeah. Like yeah, that was scratch. inexistent. Yeah, that wow. was inexistent. And just to it give people, sorry to interrupt you, but just to give people some context. In Venezuela, and you can expand on this, Gawa, a little bit more, the, the sanitary and uh, health conditions in hospitals is deplorable. We're talking about some of the worst in the, in, in the world. Yeah. People or patients on the floor because there's not enough beds not enough medicines, um, 
even people being rejected from entering hospitals because the capacity is at its full, women giving um, chi uh, birth outside of the hospital as well. So that's the conditions that Gabo at least was, was used to, to working on a day-to-day -day basis, isn't it, right? Yeah, and so our thinking was we, we have to give technology to the people because doing laparoscopic surgery, you, you, your recovery is faster and you can work faster. If you mm -hmm. go to a surgery to a person and you make this big scar, mm -hmm. or this, this big incision is gonna be without work in a, in a month. And with laparoscopic surgery, it's three or four days. So that's what sort of we we needed we needed technology to, to mm -hmm. offer to the people. So that's what like a, the big project that we 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 thought that everybody say it's a good project and we want to support you and everything, but don't have the impact because everyone was like solving their own problem. And of course, from Pedro Pedro Monsalve, that is my 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 partner and mm -hmm. my associate in a lot of, of these things said, okay, let's gonna put this in the, in the social media. So mm -hmm. this is, was a big, big, big thing that a lot of people of Uruguay, Peru, Bolivia, Chile, Argentina started to say, okay, I have the same conditions in my, in, in my hospital. How can I do this? You're gonna mm -hmm. sell this. And, and we, we didn't sell it. Uh, so we, we start to show the people that they need to, to, to make their own, their, their, their own stuff based on the problems that you have in your hospital. So we start mm -hmm. to uh, being like this, um, like opinion leaders in, in, 3D, in 3D printed uh, mm -hmm. laparoscopic surgery. 3D printed, wow. So, so you had a brilliant idea that was yet not applied in South America, all right? And then, based on the need of other countries, you decided to share it yeah, with them, sure. so you could we help them and, and support um, the problem. We didn't make, yeah, we didn't make these uh, patents or anything. So, uh, we we give it to everyone. Do it like this. Use this. If you have an injury, and let me talk to the engineer because mm -hmm. one of the things mm -hmm. on this part is I I I learned to to talk with engineers. That it's very hard when you're a doctor to talk to engineers to talk about coding, to talk about mm -hmm. plans, to talk about prototypes, minimum um, value products, so I, I, I help them to do this. That's unbelievable, um, Gabo, because nowadays we're so used to seeing people that are selfish and that, and I mean, I think a lot of people are selfish in a way that they want to get to that point so then yeah. they can sell based on, uh, on, on death, I would say, on need, desperate need. Yeah. And you guys, on the other contrast, you, you gave it away for free because you were not thinking, as you're saying, about the money or, or becoming someone or whatever, but in the value that you wanted to provide to people and literally saving lives. Yeah, that, that's why we we um, published this in, in mm -hmm. a scientific paper with all the steps that you have to do to, to, to make the... Mm -hmm. some, some approaches have been doing in ophthalmology and otorhinolaryngology, but the surgery, we went like, like the first. So I, I don't think about the ideas are the big money. I don't think the ideas change the world. I think that the people behind the idea do it. So mm -hmm. if you have an idea, tell to everyone because you're gonna find a person to help you because if a person is gonna rob your idea, mm -hmm. it's better because you're gonna have uh, this, um, you're gonna have market and you're gonna compete mm -hmm. with that person. And with mm -hmm. a person start his idea stealing it, maybe they're gonna, they, they, they're gonna fail in the, in the future.
So that's, that, that, that's what we do with every project. So mm-hmm. we, we always sh- talk about our idea and social media with everything because mm-hmm. for an idea and to push the idea here in Latin America, I'm mm-hmm. talking here in Latin America, yeah. you need a lot of people to help you. You don't need to be a, a, a one-time player. Exactly, which also I think it's a huge contrast between North America and South America, or at least Canada and the U.S. with with the rest of the South American countries, because I think it's easier probably to get funding or investors in Canada and the U.S. than it is in South America. Yeah. Like when you're saying totally. that everybody's solving their own problem, we're talking about life-threatening problems or survival problems, which yeah. again makes it even more complicated. So. I see a pattern here. I see you started already three projects, right? And then for whatever reason, the environment, the external consequences, the difficulty of, of starting something in Venezuela somehow stopped you from, pers- from getting to where you wanted to get initially. But you still pursued. Yeah. You're still pursued. Yeah. What yeah, was the pursued. next thing? What was the next thing? Yeah, about that... Um... We're going to start to put this in social media. So uh, people from mm-hmm. Chile tell us we have an innovation ecosystem here. We have mm-hmm. a lot of, of things to, to make, to mm-hmm. a lot of ideas, and we need something to do. Uh, we need people to do it. And they see uh, my, my Facebook um, videos, and they told me to come here to Chile. So I mm-hmm. found this um, friend, associate, and almost family. That's the name is Julian Baras. That have a mm-hmm. very, very good research group. And he said, "Okay, let, let, let's gonna let's gonna merge this. I have a mm-hmm. lot of academics. I have a lot of institutions, and you have technology. You have been ten years doing technology stuff. Let's gonna make something incredible. So here wow. um, begins the lab project, and it's a project that we make a platform that trains surgeons around the world without mm-hmm. being the patients in the first place. So we have simulation models, and we we have remotely and asynchronous platform that mm-hmm. helps." surgeons to train before they go to the to the patient and okay. we demonstrate in scientific validation that when you do this in this way after you go to the patient you have better results you have lesser complications and you mm-hmm. have a uh, less operating time and we, we are changing this 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 process of training surgeons around the world mm-hmm. so that's that's where we are now so i want to touch base on that a little bit and again uh you know, you are the expert here, so please correct me. But based on what we've talked before, uh, the, the dynamic in the medicine world with upcoming surgeons or practitioners is very fast. Like the process is very fast, right? You go from studying it to almost like doing it right away, real life, real person, real patient, real consequences, right? Yeah. So and I'm not here saying... in Latin America, it's three I'm not years. Saying, mm-hmm, tell me, tell me three years, then you're going to learn what you're going to do in the f- next 30 years. So three years of residence, you go to a general doctor, mm-hmm. and the next day you are, okay, I start the surgery. So this is mm-hmm. this is happening everywhere, and mm-hmm. also in the States happen this way. The simulation has been in a part not yet um, get it in all the places because it's, it's very expensive. And the mm-hmm. learners are expensive, so that's what we did. We get the expensive, and we put in asynchronously in a platform, so we can be anywhere training. So anywhere. we saw this problem because it was very, very scary when you were in the, in the resident, and the first time you have to 
go to a surgery and operate a person. And this person, of course, mm -hmm. before the surgery, ask you, doctor, and how many of these have you done? Mm. And I have done like 50, but that was a lie. This is your first one. It's, it's mm -hmm. all, everyone's have a first one and no one likes to be the first one of the other person. Of course. So we, we saw this um, wearing we're right now expanding to the US, expanding to Europe, um, wow. maybe to Asia to make this process, this methodology of, of training surgeons all around the world. Mm -hmm. So just to give more detail as well, you're solving so many problems at the same time. So number one, you're supporting practitioners, okay, to be more confident and better prepared to treat their patients, number one. Yeah. Number two, if they actually wanted to after med school, med school, get more practice, um, physically, not with a patient, but I guess simulate it. You're mm -hmm. saying it's very expensive, so you're making it cheaper, you're making it accessible yeah. to anyone to do it remotely. Yeah. And then number three, and I wanted to expand on this, you found in your studies that people that go through this platform that you're providing, or doctors that go through this platform that you're providing, tend to have better results. Yeah. Yeah, Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, we want a we want a price of this. We want a price of the more of the one of the biggest uh, congress in the world. In, you want an award in, in surgery? Yeah, mm -hmm. in Sages. We we want a price of this because we we thought that everything that we do in the in, in the training sessions mm -hmm. in football can be do it in surgery. So mm -hmm. if you are training like the pilots, like the athletes, everything they know, I'm, and I'm thinking here, just uh, like Usain Bolt, he trained four years to run 10 seconds. And if mm -hmm. you do that, you're gonna, you, your psychological skills is gonna be in the top. And when you go mm -hmm. to the patient, that's very important. Because medicine in, in the past years, and now is changing, mm -hmm. have been everything about knowledge to mm -hmm. read, to study, to read, to study, but the procedures are very, very important. And every procedure have a learning curve. Mm -hmm. And the learning curve is this part when you learn and your body learn to move your hand like this, to use, mm -hmm. to, to move the tissue like this. And it's very hard to, to find out mm -hmm. from scratch. So mm -hmm. in this methodology, we find that when you familiarize in simulated models and um, you make it also in asynchronous remotely with technology, you go to the UR and you and you have better results. So that that's that's their, the main issue for us. You you have we, we need better results in the UR and that's what we do. Gabo, how how would you what was your mental process when coming up with these life changing innovative ideas? Because it seems like it's just one after the other, right? How how do you think about it? Do you sit down with a coffee? and you start thinking, how can I change? Or in your day-to-day, -day, things just pop up and you're like, hey, how can we do this? How does it's that all work? About it's all about people. You gather with a lot of people. Not all of, not all of the ideas are on are myself. Mm -hmm. I, I, in all this project, I have a, a, um, a group and I, and I have a team. And sometimes I'm the last part of the team and sometimes I'm in the top of the team and you have to do that. You have to know people, work in different, no engineers work people everywhere designers art mm. people uh, even if you are a scientific uh, go to the to the art people and and ask him and know the people and you're gonna start to make doing this mental process by himself in in the but the most important is 
learn to identify problems. And when you learn to identify problems, you, okay. you're going to start working after that in the, in the solution. You have to be in love in the problem, be in love to know where is a problem, to identify the problem, and the medicine have a lot of that. If you go to, mm. my, to, to, my, to my consult, I, my, my only work is to find your problem first. And after that, again, I'm going to give you a treatment, of course. But if I don't know the, the problem, I can give you a treatment. So I, I think that, 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 that a lot of years of university helped me to find this problem. Because the idea of the, of, of the learning platform or lab is, was from Julian. He made all the methodology and he said, okay, how wanna, let, let's going to let's gonna get this, let's going to scale it, how we do it. And I'm part mm. of the team to do that and, and, to, and to make it grow on the platform. So people is always the key. That's insane. That's very, very interesting. As a soccer player myself, I grew up, and you know this a little bit, it takes a lot of experience and learning through the soccer world to understand the importance of teamwork. Unfortunately, in my soccer career, I was in very hostile, selfish environments in which, yes, we were a team, but we all care about, we don't care about each other. We just want to have our own good performance and then sign a contract and leave. So I was almost built in with this mentality of com extremely competitive, but also slightly selfish. When did you realize the importance of teamwork? Yeah, I, I, I think that in, in medicine it happened the same. The same happened, happened in the medicine same. too. But what I saw that I, I, I wasn't the best doctor, even if I had the best grades. And after I saw that I wasn't the best soccer player, even if I was uh, the, the uh, I came the first and I go to the, the last, I, I thought that in, in that time, I think, okay, I'm not the best, but I have to be with the best. And so that this, this is what I do. I, I only reach for the best people and I only reach some people are better than me to get them and to know them and to be in the team, in the team, because I, I don't know if this is, this is a lifetime to be with a team and to be with a team for a lifetime make you every time in the team. So how, how, Gabo, how do you identify the people that you should actually partner up with and share your ideas and become vulnerable with, I believe, because once you give that power to someone else, your ideas, your commitment, your time, your confidence, your trust, you know, I think you're, yeah. you become vulnerable, which is okay which is okay, mm -hmm. but how do you find that, that person? How, what do you I, see, what do you look for in that person to be like, you know what, I can work with this person for the rest of my life. Yeah. I compare it with, with all my friends. I compare it with you, I compare it with Rancy, I compare it with Ivan, I compare it with a lot of people, I compare it with my family and trying to look if, they, if these people have the most of the characteristics like my friends and my family, I go, all the way. And I don't need contracts in the first instance, of course. Mm -hmm. I don't need big speeches. I don't need a big uh, curriculum to see what you can do. It's, it's this kind of little speeches, this kind of what, what you need, what you think, uh, what you have done. And we, you have a people that say, or, or a person that say, mm -hmm. I have been working in 10 projects by, my, by myself. I have 10 patents. I don't need, I, I don't say this to anybody. I only want to say you this to you because you are special and that that kind of tricky mm -hmm. person I, I don't like that if mm -hmm. I going to talk with you about work but we pass an hour talking about soccer or about a movie 
and I, I go, I make the merge better for that. Dude, that's beautiful. That's insane, actually. I recently saw, and this is like the third time I'm giving this reference, okay? But look at, look at the level of thinking and how it res resembles with some of the most talented people in the world. I watched yesterday an episode of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. It's a show hosted yeah, yeah. by Jerry Seinfeld. And his guest was Larry David, which was the other yeah. founder of Seinfeld, the other kind of like director, producer mm -hmm. of Seinfeld. And they were, at the beginning of the episode, Gao, they were talking like for five minutes about anything but what they had to actually do. Yeah. They, they stood beside the car, the show for people that don't know it. It's Jerry Seinfeld with comedians. They get in a car that he chooses that resembles the comedian and they drive and then they go for coffee. Mm -hmm. Gawo, they spent five minutes outside of the car talking and at yeah. the end they said, I don't understand how we, we had any job done, like any work done. I don't understand yeah. how, we, how we got any work done. Yeah, which yeah. is similar that, that's very important saying. to to find if you want to change the world you have to look for the people that want the same to you and like the same to you and enjoy what you're doing and enjoy one minute and two minutes mm -hmm. and that, that's important and it's part to it's part to be in love in the process because talking about nothing in the comedians is a process if you don't mm -hmm. like to talk about nothing you you know are if you, you can't be a comedian so this is, this is very this is very powerful so that, that's what we get yeah. the teams we, the, we do it all the time and when of you find course. people like, like I find Julian and Pedro and we talk we, we always talk about the same things uh, and mm -hmm. we we care about the same things we hate the same things sometimes and even when we are um, in discordance in one thing we know that for the value of mm -hmm. all the project we want the same you want the same you have the same vision yeah, with the, the same, same vision, the same values, the same values as well, the same integrity. Yeah, that's but not the same opinion. That's that's very worrying. Say that again. But not the same opinion. That's boring. Oh. If you have the same opinion about anything, this that that is very boring. I don't want you to tell me yes all the time. I want you to give me no. And we're gonna we we have to talk about why not, like, two hours. If you talk with me with, about an issue saying no to me in two hours and saying why you're saying no, that's very valuable. More than say, yes, okay, we're agree. And that doesn't work. Doesn't work. So you no. need someone to say no, but in what way though? In what way? Okay, this is another one. How do you differentiate um, pessimistic people from those critical thinkers that share the same vision as you, but not the same opinion? in argumentation and results. And sometimes we, we, we're going to get agree. And I say, okay, I'm going to do it, I'm going to show you the results. And sometimes mm -hmm. these results are good or are bad. And this is like experimenting in research. It's all mm -hmm. the same. Okay, this was bad, sorry, my bad. Okay, let's try what you said. And that's happened a lot. Uh, but you, you have to be very open to hear the opinion of everyone. And if you don't know or you don't get agree, say, okay, Let's let, let's gonna prove it. Okay, dude, that's 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 insane. That's that's very powerful. Uh, and I, another philosophical question over here. But the reason why I'm continuing to ask these follow-up questions is because I've uh, all the question I ask, to be honest, is just questions that people tell me. Hey, can you ask someone this? What do you think about this? And it's things that I've also um, experienced myself. How do you identify ego within? this whole process, 
right? Because after you've been working with someone, say, for five years, and you are used to disagreeing in a healthy way, it's, 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 this, it's difficult to balance a, a ego-driven thought with an actual rational thought of, hey, you know what? I'm actually wrong, or you're right. How do you balance ego within the equation? It's very hard to balance that. But the first that you have to know is that the ego is present, always. Okay. And, and you have to think, because it's, the people only want the reason and that you say that this is right, that is ego. If the people want you to understand and want to prove you that you are wrong, you can say, okay, this is not for ego, this is going for the, for the cause, okay? Can you say that so, again, this whole sentence? So if, if the people only want, want you, to, you to say you have the reason, that's for ego. But if the people want to prove you mm -hmm. where you are wrong, or maybe where is another path, that's because he wants to work. Because people sometimes need anything about say, okay, you are right. And that's mm. all that they, they, they need. And that's ego. And that happened with a lot of bosses. They only need you to say, okay, I'm going to do it. Okay. But when you say, I don't going to do it because we can do it this way and we can be better and let me try, let, let me prove you this. No, we're going to do it that way. That's ego. As in, you, he yeah. say, okay, you're going to do it. But if you do it and you have bad results, you're going to be responsible for that. Are you okay with that? Yes, I'm okay with that. And that, that's when you make these plans and experimentation. Interesting. So pretty much accountability. Like yeah, accountability. if you are willing to put your integrity um, to proof, then that's almost like an ego-free yeah. approach. Like, okay, that's, yeah. you, you're, you're talking seriously. But if you only want to convince the other person that you're right, then it's 100% ego. Yeah, that's right. Oh, man, that's so powerful. <laughs> that's so powerful, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Gabo, so, okay, so continuing with this new project in which you're almost democratizing and making more accessible the training for practitioners and ensuring better results for, for, for people, I don't know if, you've, if, if, if this question is ignorant, but is there any way that you could tell me how many people you could be, in average, I would say, benefiting or almost saving in this process um when you take when you take a practitioner a doctor yeah. that has gone through this platform that you're using versus someone that hasn't they just finished med school and then just they are jumping right into the into yeah, the action we're right now training 200 surgeons a year mm -hmm. and we want to grow about that and you have to think that every surgeon uh, makes uh, like uh, 300 or 400 surgeries per year so 400 per 200 is the people that we are helping by year oof yeah oof can we make the math 200 yeah. times 400 mm -hmm. so that would be what eight, eight, yeah. 80,000 yeah oh so you are per helping Per year, right now, because we want to scale and we we're thinking to training more than a thousand a year in this year and more like five thousand in the next couple of years. Okay, hold on, I gotta take the calculator over here. All right, so we are saying that right now, okay, you are helping eighty thousand people, or how can I word this? So at the moment, you are supporting. 
practitioners yeah. to have better results for 80,000 people yeah. a year, a year, correct? Yeah. And so, that you want to get to a thousand practitioners supported a year, which would be 400,000 people this that year. you would be somehow guaranteeing better results in whatever medical procedures they might be going through. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Wow, man, this we're, is unbelievable. We're expanding Go. this not only in surgery, so we're expanding in every healthcare procedure. So right now we have 5,000 users in everything, nursing, kinesiologists, and med students, so we're, we're getting bigger. And, and look, bigger. look how powerful this is. I just noticed this. You have not mentioned money. You have no. not mentioned profit once no. in this project at all. You've talked about the value that you're providing. You've talked about how many people you're supporting, how many practitioners you're supporting. Never, you've never mentioned yeah. th the money. And recently I heard a podcast uh, with Naval Ravikant. He's a modern philosopher and entrepreneur as well. I don't know if you've heard him. Um, yeah. And he was saying that he, when before, before he became a millionaire, he was not pursuing to make money. He was pursuing to become a person that just naturally makes money. But again, he was not seeing it in a way like, okay, I'm going to become this person to make money. No, he was just saying, listen, I'm lazy. Uh, I like to sleep 10 hours a day. And I like to do this, 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 and that, which was pretty much to build businesses. And he became that person that could build businesses while he was being lazy. Yeah. And almost as a consequence of that, he became a millionaire. Yeah. Money, money is a consequence when you solve problems. If you're, a, if you're solving problems, the, the money is a consequence. So... It's going to be like a natural path to get money. A natural path. And, and almost when you're in the industry of saving lives, money yeah. becomes almost like irrelevant, to be honest. Yeah. Which I think right. has been irrelevant to you all this time. Yeah. Beautiful. Gabo, where are we at with, the, with this project? How can anyone listening support you? How can they know about what you're doing and how can they follow you a little bit more in this project? Yeah, well, you, you can follow in, in the social media, um, mm -hmm. in my name and Twitter and, and, and Instagram. We're a company named Training Competence. Training and Competence, pro okay. True products. One is Lab, it's only for laparoscopic surgery. Okay. And the other, the name is C1 Do One, like in, it's, it's, it's right like C3PO, well, C1 Do One, because okay. this is a, a, a big phrase from the masters of learning in surgery that C1 Do. Uh, see one do one teach one so we're see one do one okay and you want to see us in the healthcare area so for sure okay. i'll share all that information at the end of the, of the show yeah. now gao there is another layer of who you are and what you do and what you love that i that you started recently but it's also incredible which is your social media impact recently how long ago what six months ago a month a year ago um, like, no, six months ago. Six months ago, you started creating content online. You started making yeah. videos, funny yeah. videos related yeah. to the, vis the, the medicine world. Yeah. A lot of them are inside jokes. A lot of them have to do with patients. Um, to be honest, a lot of them I don't quite fully understand because I think you have to be involved in the medicine world, but I still find hilarious. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that journey, man. Yeah, um, a problem that we have in the, the healthcare workers are the burnout, the suicides, 
and the mental problems, including alcohol and drugs. Mm -hmm. So a friend of mine uh, suicide like two years ago, and I and I was I, I started thinking a lot about that, about the process of of the suicide zone. And I saw these numbers and the, the risk of suicide in the healthcare workers are the twice of the of the general population. So the risk of suicide for for medicine practitioners is, is twice. Tw is the double as the regular citizens, regular yeah. people. Regular citizens, yeah. And I started thinking, I'm not a psychiatrist, but I started thinking, how can 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 I make this better? So I, I was a good Twitter person in academic fields because Twitter is, you can do a lot of academics. So I start to studying comedy and say, I think a lot of my friends are born out. The, the pandemic make this burn out uh, higher. So maybe if, if I can do something funny, I can help a little bit. So I start to study this, <laughs> like all my life studying and practicing. And I put like these two videos in, in, in the social media and a lot of people of a lot of country start to write me, this is very funny, I was very um, sad uh, when I get out to the, to the night shift, when I see this, I'm, lighting, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm making laugh on myself and it's very, very healthy. So that's what I'm right now, I'm making content and trying to the, to the surgeons and all the medical workers to make a smile a day. And I think it's gonna, it's gonna be uh, better for the suicides and maybe from, for the burnout that we're having right now. Brother, that is ridiculously beautiful, just so you know. Thank and it's the same it's the same process. You saw this problem, you said, I wanna help, how can I do it? Yeah. You prepared yourself, you studied comedy. So let's sync that for a second. You studied comedy yeah. just like you would study for your medicine exam. Yeah. And then you said I'm gonna start making comedy videos too. Yeah. Make doctors and, and, and healthcare practitioners laugh. Yeah, that's right. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about why the, in the medicine world there's so the rates of suicide and depression and anxiety are so high. Uh, it's, it's multifactorial. The, it's, it's a stress work. You have to decide a lot and your decision have an impact in a person very, very, very fast. Mm -hmm. And if you make a mistake, that mistake can be a dead person. So mm -hmm. this is a lot of stress. Uh, a lot of hours, uh, this is the, the rate of doctors is very low now with the pandemics. And after that, um, when you see a person with a problem that has to be solved with himself, it's very hard. So I have, I have a problem, am I sad? I have to go to a psychiatrist that is a doctor like me, and maybe I don't believe him, um, but mm. I, don't, I, I will not go to him because I am the health person. I have to be healthy every time. I don't have to be this weakness and, and to say, okay, I'm, I'm, I, am, I am sick right now. So there's a lot of pride. Yes, a lot of pride, a lot of don't say I'm sick and it's, it's good to be bad, that the movies say. So the, the doctors need to know that and all that society needs to, like the doctor is a person just like you and he make mistake just like you. And, and he cry like you, he eat like you and all that. Mm -hmm. So uh, mm -hmm. a lot of things are changing about that. So we have to put or or uh, we have to put a, a little bit here too. Of course, you're, you're almost like your grain of, of sand over there to help. Yeah, that's right. To support. And uh, 
you say that so many people and healthcare practitioners will have have contacted you and uh, kind of like expressed their their gratitude to, towards what you're creating and doing. Yeah, yeah. Like From all over uh, the world. All over the world. Mexico, Colombia, Chile, Venezuela, and a lot of people from Venezuela that live in the United States and live in, in, in Spain that um, is another culture, maybe another world in medicine and, and other, other things, what they say with, with the words that they used to and with the, with the spark they used to and they're very happy for that. Man, that's insane. Would you, I know the videos, most of them are in Spanish. Would you commit doing one in English? To, I will try, but to, you have to listen to me. I speak very ugly. <laughs> no, so no, man. I, 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 need, I need you for that. I can help you with the script. I okay. can help you with the script. Yeah. And then you can make the video when we release the, this episode. We'll put it out there so every listener of this show and this episode can go there and see that video as well uh, in okay. English. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Wanna, that would be amazing, man. That would be amazing. Gabo, when did you understand the power of social media to meet people and create opportunities? When did it click you? When, when I start to post uh, just for fun the projects and the things that we make and mm -hmm. people from all over the world start to uh, writing and I have my first job offer by social media saying, okay, you are doing this, come to this country, I, I need a... I need a person like you. So I see like this is very, very powerful. So you're now in Chile and like you mentioned before, uh, professionals in Chile saw what you, you were creating, everything that we've talked about pretty much, how you were yeah. putting it out there and they said, hey, we want you here. Come, yeah. come here and come support us. Yeah. Super powerful, man. Yeah. So yeah. The importance of putting yourself out there, eh? Yeah. And for fun. Yeah, and for fun. So you have, to, you have to try. You have to try everything you do. And if you don't think or you have to, take it out and see what happened in the world. See if, if the people is mad about what you do. Okay. They're mad. You, you have, you, you, you have the opportunity to change every time mm -hmm. you need to iterate, iterate with you and you will mm -hmm. find you. You will of find course. you. That, that's the word. If you don't open to the world, maybe you never will find you. Of course. I, I, I it's been 50 minutes of the show. I, I've been loving every single second of it because everything you're saying is such a genuine truth and almost a hidden truth. Like a lot of the things you've shared with us, I, I'm sure most of the people listening to this didn't know about it. Gabo, throughout your journey, not only what we've discussed, but also the burden of leaving Venezuela because you had to immigrate. And, yeah. and I know how, how painful it's been and how difficult it's been, not only for you, but for, I would say, most Venezuelans as well. How did you deal with that change of leaving where you come from, leaving your, your friends, leaving your neighborhood, leaving your expectations, leaving your dreams of having your, your kids grow up there, go to the same school, go to the same bake shop? How did you deal with that and how do you, do, do you believe it... Uh, it helped you in a way to become who you are today? Yeah, I, I think definitely. This makes you stronger in one way. And I deal with this, talking with, with you, talking in uh, the different groups that we have, and being connected, using social media, and being all the time when you're sad, saying you're sad, when you're happy, say you're happy. So um, it's, it's, it's a very difficult um 
path to go through. But I think that when you know what you have left and you stay close with the people you know, you, you start to to going through it. And mm. using all, also using therapy, psychologists, psychiatrists, mm. go for help if you are sad. Using your friends, using your family, use everyone, tell everyone mm. what you feel. So this is very hard for me. I never thought to leave Venezuela, but mm-hmm. I, I needed to because to I need to grow in a, in, in a in a better in a better pitch to, as well. And my mm-hmm. kid have needs to be free to go to play anywhere and all that. So it's gonna be a very very hard. So I think that we're gonna be in all over the world in the next years, and mm-hmm. maybe from in. 50 years we can say okay this was very wonderful to see all venezuelans around the world like in venezuela one time where italians spanish arabs mm-hmm. like your family to mm-hmm. say you you make where venezuela right now so i think in, in a couple of years we see what we what we did and like everything this come with sacrifice with mm-hmm. tears and with a very very hard work yes man Yes, sounds like you're saying what I'm thinking 100%. And to those that are listening as well and that have the same ambition and the same drive and the same hunger to create something and be passionate about what they love, I think what Gabo is saying is very important, the power of conversations, the power of talking to someone, the power of opening up. And again, it goes against a lot of the things we were taught when we were kids. Because in soccer, my friend, you couldn't cry. In soccer, someone kicked you in the shin you have to wipe it, go, yeah. there's no other choice. And sometimes, although that could build up your resiliency and, and strength, it is required. It is necessary to talk to someone. It is necessary to open up and show yeah. vulnerability. I think another, th- and I'm, I'm going to make a huge point, but I'm going to give an example first. Simon Sinek, author of Start With Why, and also he gave one of the most viewed TED Talks in the world, which was the power of the why, I believe, or the circle of why. Yeah. Uh, the circle of life, maybe. I'm not sure. No, that's the Lion King song. It is a circle why. Sail with the why. Uh, um, no, yeah, it's, it starts with the why. So he says, when you start competing against, when you compete against others, nobody wants to help you. But when you compete against yourself, everybody yeah. wants to help you. That's right. So that's an example of who you are and what you've done. And my bigger point that I mentioned before was, I don't think we have as people in search of the truth, in search of advice, in search of whatever the hell we wanna accomplish, we don't have to go too far. We don't have to have always Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or Obama or um, anyone as like that, that, that are too far, okay, as our main, reference we don't have to go that far whatever person that you love and that you admire and you say hey like i want to be like this woman i want to be like this guy over here we don't have to go too far look at yourself like and i'm not discrediting these amazing people that have accomplished huge stuff these men and women around the world that are incredible leaders all right but that sometimes they, be, they, 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 we see them too unattainable. We see them too far, right? Yeah. We don't have to go that far. We have people like you, literally one call away, one message on Twitter away to gain 
this huge, huge value, which resembles almost to these amazing people that I'm, that I'm mentioning. Like yes. all these references I've given, Naval, uh, Simon Sinek, blah, blah, blah. I've given them because you are saying what they say. And you think the same way that a lot of them think. Yeah, that's right. So just the power of, of, of the people that we have around you and the power of conversations yeah. with people like you that sometimes we like for how long have we known each other and we've never had this conversation up until a week ago and now. I think I remember the year that you were born. I remember when Ramsey came like, to the notice to the school and all that. When my brother went to school and said, hey, my mom. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. It's insane. Gao, before we start wrapping it up, okay? Okay. I want to ask you a couple more questions. Okay. What advice would you give yourself? Yourself, but when you were, how old are you right now? 37. 37. What advice would you have given yourself when you were 20 years old? I would always say, have confidence in the process. Mm -hmm. That's I think that that's the key. Have confidence in the process. In the process, yeah. The good and the bad. The good and the bad. The sweet and, and the salty, right? Yeah, all the time. The process is the more important. The process is the more important. And then got one more, okay? In your path to becoming who you are, and I'm sure who you will become as well later on, okay? What would be, other than trusting the process as well, what would be your almost like religion in terms of, hey, I'm going through this, I'm going through that, whatever problem, whatever success you might have, what do you think to go back again to the starting point and, and just somehow being the same Gabo within you and having, and yeah. just being authentic? Yeah. How do you go back to that? Because it's easy. The reason why I ask this question is it's easy once you have all this social media impact, once you have all this success, to, you know, kind of like become a different person. And that has happened to me as well a lot of times when I get attention or when I get success. I become a different person that wouldn't become better if, if I was like that in the, in the, in the first place. So how do, you, how do you stay true to yourself? I, I always said, be connected with your childhood friends. Mm. That will always remind you who you are and when you come from. With no lies, with no ego inside. They all they always gonna say the truth to you. And you're gonna realize who you are when you are with your real friends. You will always realize who you are when you are with your real friends because they say the truth to you. Yeah. That's amazing, man. That's beautiful. There's a reason why this show is called The Truth Is Allowed. Yeah, that's right. And I think it's gonna be better if we in Spanish because we are like like more romantic words. I agree. Well, there's a reason why Spanish is a romantic language. It's a Latin yeah, that's language. right. 100%. But man, by the way, your English is, is very, very good. Okay, you almost sound like a, like a Venezuelan-Argentinian soccer player giving an interview in the MLS. <laughs> well, that's something. But in a good way, man. That, that's something. <laughs> in a very good way. In a very, very good nice. way. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Gao, thank you so much, uh, Papi, for being here. You're amazing. I love you. Is there anything else you would like to, to share with, with all our listeners? Um, so keep listening to Wissam. Uh, all his family and all the friends that we have, a, we're like a big, big family, are very proud of what he, 
what he had become. He's a real person, and if you follow him and you uh, talk with him and you will fight with him, you're going to grow every time you do it. So that's what I'm going to tell to the listeners that are your listeners, of course. I'm very, I'm very happy and very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow the account's Instagram aloud, truth, or my personal account on Instagram, we see Suki, as well as leaving your feedback. It means the world to me if you share this episode with someone you think might enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next one. Bye.